And welcome to the studio. You are listening to Small Biz Matters here live at Triple H 100.1 FM. My name is Alexi Boyd. Thank you very much for joining me this week. Again, we have a fantastic guest, which I'm very excited to be welcoming to the program. Inga Rosenberg is here from the Hornsby Karingai Community College. Now, this is an institution which I only recently found out is actually... I'm not sure on this, Inga, you might have to correct me, but is, has it been here longer than the council? It's like 100 and, 130... Um, we're not 100% sure. Um, <laughs> this is a thing with is, history around um, here, isn't it? It's definitely 1925, possibly longer that we've been around. It's absolutely um, fantastic. What an institution. Yes, we're going to take the 100-year celebration. Yay! <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll at least peg the 100 years. But, of course, we've got a history of um, community uh, involvement and community education that goes back all those decades and decades, which is which is really exciting, I think, for our local community. And what we're going to be talking today about is small business education. And a reason why I'm really excited about today's topic is because speaking to the local small business community, whether they are consultants or if if they're running a mechanics shop or if they're running retail, it is really something that gets put on the back burner, unfortunately for everyone, that ongoing education. Now, some of us are lucky enough to be part of professional associations where we have an expectation we must actually educate ourselves and we have to keep up those CPD credits. And we're all very, oh, I've got to do my webinar or I've got to do something, something to do these CPD credits. And they're very important. However, there's a lot of people out there who are either not part of an association or don't feel it's necessary to continue learning on working on their business rather than in it. And it's it's the day old, it's the age old story, isn't it? We 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 know what we do, we know the widget that we do, and we do it well. But it's about that back end and and keeping all those mm. other aspects of running a business alive and and growing. Um, so I'm really excited to be welcoming you to the show today. Thank you. And we're going to talk about uh, actually being. Um, in and around small business education, in particular around uh, the business, business administration side. Now, it's got the word admin in it, so I get very <laughs> excited. But how about we just start by talking really broadly, um, why is it that the community college got involved in, in this side of, of education? Because your strengths, we know, in this community are aged care and also childcare, which no, is... we don't offer childcare. Oh, not childcare, so, sorry. No, it's aged care, aged definitely, care. yeah. Um, Yes, aged care, definitely, um, business administration, um, and then we do offer quite a lot of um, foundation skill courses. Mm, indeed. Um, as you mentioned, the history of the college. The history is pretty much that the college was developed to assist people to, um, I think, with the war veterans when they came back to retrain, um, to get back into the workforce. Um, and I think we're still here to sort of um, close that gap that people experience. It might be on a personal basis. Um, a lot of our students um, are people who are trying to enter the workforce mm. for the first time. They may want to re-enter the workforce because they have to retrain for various different reasons. Um, and obviously with so many small businesses, um, I think it's 98% of all businesses are small businesses in Australia. And um, I think over 60% of them close within the first three years. Mm. Um and a lack of training is has been identified as one of the main reasons um, of why they need to or why they close down um, early on, um, and that's where we feel we can 
probably help them um, to overcome those barriers through training and um, also networking, boosting confidence and competence. Indeed. <laughs> and I can imagine part of these courses as well as as well as just sort of your head down, bum up in a book and thinking about all the technical side, you would similarly have the opportunity for, to, to develop presentation skills and like you said, the opportunity to network with other students as well. That's a that's a really fantastic thing. Do you think that's that's where community college does it better because it's got that homely, nurturing feel about it? Do you think it does it better than, say, the universities or certainly an online course? I mean, of course, because you're surrounded by other people. Is that... Do people really appreciate being surrounded by others and collaborating? Our students definitely do. Um, our classes are quite small compared to probably other training institutions. Um, I've done online studies myself. It didn't work for me. Oh, I, think I, it, I hated it. It may work for some people. <laughs> um, Often when people come to the first time and meet with us, um, they are quite concerned about the time commitment. Say, so, but I'm not quite sure because I might have a customer come or I might have a... Yeah, I don't want to miss calls. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. Um, once they've been to class once or twice, you can really see how they how they themselves see the benefit of studies and coming on a regular basis. Um there's always something new to learn. I even had a teacher say once to me, every time I teach this class, I learn something new. And that's after teaching the same class for probably 15 years. Mm. <laughs> um, I think there's so many benefits to doing um, a course in a class with a trainer. You can ask questions and you get an answer straight away or the next day if it's a more difficult one. <laughs> yes, yes, I'll just take that one on notice, but um, yes. But I think it also helps people to connect to other like-minded people mm. who might be in the same or a similar situation and just to see that they're not, not alone often um, if you're facing a barrier. If it's a small business owner who might be in those first stages of setting up their business, um, they might be at a stage where they're just stuck and don't see how to develop any further now and just meeting other people who might experience the same and talking to them coming up with strategies um, I think that can really help exactly and also um, the shared experience of course and you know you would walk into one of these situations and there's bound to be although there might not be another widget making person that does the same thing as no. you they're all in the similar circumstances That's right, yes. like you said you know they might they might have kids, they've got other family commitments, they might be a carer for someone, as well as trying to run a business. I mean, you know, we all know as small business owners how many different hats we wear. And yes. I think being surrounded by other people is so important. And it's, it's great to see that there's an opportunity beyond the fabulous admin hubs that Triple H runs, of course, where, where people can get together and, and uh, collaborate and, and talk through, through the problems. Now, take me through um, some of the actual courses that you run that are specifically designed for small business. Okay. Um, so this, the um, Tech Savvy Small Business Program um, that most of the small business owners or employees um, come through to us um, to do their studies, um, it's a New South Wales Government initiative um, by the Department of Industries um, in order to help small business owners and their staff to obviously develop more skills mm. um, in identified areas. So that's in information technology in business and in foundation skills. Um, we run computer training uh, from beginners courses up to a level three. Mm -hmm. um, so that might be PowerPoint. Um, it might be spreadsheets. Mm. Um, I was going to say, what type of yes. uh, what type of uh, found like what software do you base the courses in? Um, so with us, that would be Microsoft mm -hmm. that that we're using, um, but it might be. 
transferable mm. to other things. If Question: you learn. Yes. Is it the same with PCs and Macs? So if I'm if you're a Mac person, are, are you going to find it hard to transition into the PC classroom, or do people bring their own laptops? How does it sort of work logistically? We do train on our own computers mm-hmm. um, simply because the manuals are written to meet obviously those mm. <laughs> short, <I'm thinking> <laughs> <shortcuts>. <laughs> software. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not a Mac user, so it's hard to say. I think it can be a bit more difficult transferring if you use a different software. Mm. But I think once you have certain foundation skills, you find it easier teaching yourself um, to use things and you do learn how to find out information um, Excellent. once you're more okay. competent. That makes sense. <laughs> so how long do these, uh, say it's a foundation course or just the basic IT skills? Because that sounds to me like mm. something excellent where you might have someone who's perhaps come out of or doesn't have education or they're a migrant who's coming working for you and they need to upskill themselves mm. um uh, is that how long do those courses run for and what's the expected time commitment i'm coming back to the time commitment because i know that that's what <laughs> i'm sure that that's what a lot of people who are listening and thinking oh god you know how much time have i got to dedicate to this but like you said it's valuable it's worthwhile mm. and you've got to you've got to persist but so so in that foundation course realm what can we expect from that sort of course? Look, it depends on if somebody wants to do a full qualification mm-hmm. and they're fully committed to it and attending twice a week um, from 9.30 to 3 o'clock, mm-hmm. um, that full qualification would be in a beginner's computer course three months. Oh, okay. Um, other courses run over half a year. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of small business owners who come to us are not necessarily interested in a full qualification. They're often more interested in specific skills. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about this uh, Tech Savvy Small Business Funding that we have. Um, you can pick individual units that can be funded. So um, we meet with people individually before enrolling somebody and we discuss obviously their past experiences their current situation short-term long-term goals and then we make some suggestions on what training might be most suitable um if somebody is very hesitant committing to something and they say look i already know how to use a computer and i've used a little bit of excel but um i might need a bit of a refresher um then we look at possibly do a level two in Excel or level three, um, that might be two days. Right. So you guys days. really know the cohort that are coming in. You know the courses, and it sounds it to me like it's a little bit bespoke in in what you can yes. in what you can tailor yes, for that absolutely. particular person. Absolutely. So you're taking it both from the employee, and if there's a small business owner who's sending their employees, you'll, you'll yep. obviously take it from the owner what they want their That's employees right. yes. to brush yes. up on. Yes. Then they're obviously part of the discussion group in the beginning. Um, if we do get approached by an employer who has a group of um, employees with the same needs, we can set up a course specifically for them. That's okay, all. great. So we've got the courses. Uh, so we've got the, just run me through what they are again. You've got the, the foundation courses, which assist with the tech savvy thing. So there is, um, yes, yeah, so the computing courses mm-hmm. pretty much from the beginning up to a level three, a mm-hmm. bit more advanced. Um, foundation skill courses is often for people who... Um, might need a booster with language literacy mm-hmm. numeracy skills um so very often we have people from overseas mm-hmm. um in there um and then we do have business business administration courses um and they obviously focus a bit more at an advanced level on again computer skills but also writing um business documents customer service um 
general ledger accounts, these kind of mm. things. And, and how long would that full course for a business administration? Now, just I, I have a vague understanding of the whole diploma, Certificate 2, Certificate 3, Certificate mm-hmm. 4. Um, when you do the full business administration course, what, what's that level? What do you, qualification do you get? So you mean if you start from the very beginning with a Certificate 2 or yeah. something? Well, if you, the Certificate 2, if studied full-time, would be half a year and then a certificate three on top of that would be another half year. Okay, awesome. Okay, and so that that's full-time study. And what's what's considered full-time study? Full-time studies is considered two days oh, okay. um, at the college and then obviously there is a bit of homework to do. <laughs> <laughs> the dreaded homework noise. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> now, it sounds to me like having that uh, support network around you with the ex- even the extracurricular homework stuff, um, having a support group and, and the, the tutor there, such a local level, is, mm. is really helpful too. So um, you mentioned earlier that it is a, a government-funded program. Can you take me through the funding and how a small business would apply and, and what do you need to do to justify the funding for your business or for your employees? Um, so most small businesses that have approached us have been eligible for the funding. It's very broad, really, the criteria. Um it is part of Smart and Skilled, which is based on the New South Wales Skills List. Um, and if you if you meet the residential criteria, so at a minimum are a permanent resident, I think humanitarian visa holders uh, fall into that category as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's age criteria being over 15 years of, of age or older, <laughs> um, that you live in New South Wales or you have your business based in New South Wales. That's sort of the first set and then you do need to be a small business owner and um, a small business is categorised as having less than 20 employees or a turnover of less than $2 million. Uh, that, that, old, that old small business, like what is deemed to be a small business, depends what level of government you talk to. So yes. it's really good that you've helped to define that. May I ask you, if you everybody operates under an ABN, is that what is considered a small business? Because to me, I'm immediately thinking, oh, hang on, I'm a sole trader. I'm not a PTYLTD. Does that make a difference? Um, not really. We have to, as a registered training organisation, we have to ensure that everyone meets these criteria. It is pretty much up to us on oh. how we collect that evidence. An ABN is usually the easiest way of um, ensuring that somebody does have a small business. If not, then we'll look at um, other sorts of evidence. Excellent. There is. <laughs> so once you've met the criteria, uh, what's the application process like? Is it... Is it really horrible? Is it sort of like two days of work to fill in all the paperwork to get the funding? Or do you assist people with that? No, we assist people with that. Um, you just got to be very good at signing your name. <laughs> <laughs> I think as small business owners, we are good at that, actually. <laughs> no, so um, I'm asking everyone to come into the college to sort of get a feel for who we are, what we do, um, give everyone a rundown on how this works. And um, as I mentioned before, we... Um, do discuss every person's individual circumstances mm. and then there's just um, several bits of paperwork that need to be signed but they're all very much standard forms um, and I help people with that. Oh yes, I can imagine. <laughs> so you've basically got the, you've got the course, you've, you've, you've investigated so the first port of call would be to go to the Hornsby Kringai website, have a look at what's there. Do you recommend people come in and have a chat to one of the staff members to really find out about, like you said, if it's bespoke, what, what might be best for them and their employees? Look, they can definitely do that. Um, usually I run them through that or some other staff member when we have a set time. Um, you can absolutely drop in at any time and somebody at the front counter will be free to talk to you. Um, it's a matter of whether or not a teacher will be available because they're not really at the college every day. Yes, of course. Um, and if they're teaching, they're going to be unavailable, of yes, course. Yes. But it sounds to me like your support staff have got 
loads of loads of op, uh, like good um, knowledge base there that they can help at least with the setup and understanding what's involved in the courses. Oh, absolutely. Awesome. <laughs> Look, we're going to take a quick break here on Small Biz Matters and we're going to come back after these community service announcements. When we get back, we're going to talk about career pathways and industry connections. So the way that, as many of us as small business owners do, we evolve between one business thought or uh, or even just re, re, retraining for a different pathway that we might be interested in. You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM. We'll be back after this. So today we are talking to Inga Rosenberg and we're speaking all about the Hornsby Kuringai Community College and the fantastic courses that they run for small business. And as I said at the beginning of the show, not something we're particularly good at, which is educating ourselves and continuing our practicing education as, as we continue on. But there are some wonderful courses, which we were mentioning before the break, particularly around business administration. Now, you can take this full time. You can take it incrementally. And it sounds to me like uh, the community colleges offers quite a bespoke course as well, which is exciting. So... What I want to talk to you now about is um, sort of broader picture stuff and having a think about, where's my page gone, career pathways. And just in the break, we were talking about some loved ones who have made the transition out of running a small business or thinking about running a different small business and a different pathway. Now, changing that is is after many years or even decades of running your own small business is a very daunting task. It and it means a lot of people don't do it. Yes. And not doing it is not great because obviously you get stuck in a rut and it's, you're unsatisfied and you're unhappy. What sort of things does uh, the Hornsby Kuringai Community College do in their, I guess, their position of, of an educator in our, in our local community to help people transition? Um, look, we get approached by a lot of people who have had years of a career in a certain industry and obviously the reasons why people want to change careers they vary. Um, It might be that somebody was working in childcare for 20 years, they may have now medical problems with their back and Mm. are unable to continue doing this type of work. Um, Another reason might simply be that somebody um, just doesn't like doing what they're doesn't, doing anymore. I thought you were going to say just like children anymore. <laughs> Not, possibly. Well, possibly. <laughs> um, but usually it's more that they don't really like doing what mm. they're doing anymore. Mm. Um, and um, it is pretty much the same intake that we have that we sit down with people and we discuss their barriers and aspirations. Um, and obviously if there is something medical that we need to take into consideration, we absolutely do that. A lot of... or. A certain percentage of our students, they do have medical conditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, back problem is a very common one, mm-hmm. especially for mature-aged students. Um, and for a lot of these students, it can be very frightening going to a classroom. It's from 9.30 to 3 o'clock and having to sit down and study. And we are absolutely aware of that. <laughs> um, so that we have flexible training delivery. If people need to get up in between, by all means, get up in between. We're all all adults. Walk around, have Mm. a break when you need a break. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're here to support our students and um, we want them to succeed in the training that they need. Um, If people want to retrain, very often they are interested in doing an entire qualification Mm. that they can add to their resume and then show employers that they are qualified in this new industry. In order to then transition into transition a new, into industry, a new or... industry. That's right. Where do people start when 
they are literally saying, okay, I've run my business for, let's take an mm. example of a consultant who's done his, his thing for 20 years, maybe he's in the finance industry and he wants to do something completely different. Where does that person start? Is, is it really just a matter of Googling and finding out what interests them and then searching for the pathways or are there opportunities out there to talk to someone who might be able to guide them? I mean, I'm, I guess what I'm saying is we want to go back to school. Mm. We want to talk to that career mm. coach that we talked to. My mother talked to one and they told her that she needed to be a chicken sexer. Okay. Yeah, that was what they said she was. That was her career. <laughs> yeah, in year 10. In year 10 back in 1950-something. Uh, but you know what's hilarious? I have to, sorry, side story. Um, when they told her this, she was just appalled and being a, a very strong, educated woman went, I'm not going to be a chicken sexer. What are you mad? <laughs> Turns out there's about 10 of them in Australia and they earn a fortune. fortune. <laughs> oh, look at that. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, is there an opportunity where people can kind of go back in time and, and have it almost, have themselves assessed and work out, well, what is it that I'm good at? What careers should I be thinking of? Because when you've been doing the same thing for so mm. long, you have no idea what's out there. No. Um, a lot of our students are being referred to us by um, job centres. Mm. Um, are so you talking the Centrelinks? Um, it could be through Centrelink. Um, it could be other job service providers. Um, they're contracted by Centrelink, I believe, okay. a lot of them. Um Often if people are on Centrelink benefits, um, they do have to be registered with a job search provider. Otherwise, you can register, in my understanding, as a voluntary client. Um, oh, I think I know what you mean. Like there's these, these job service providers, yes. they are they are contracted to Centrelink that's right. to assist people, people with... That's got right. It. Okay. So if somebody is, for example, on New Start Allowance, then it is their obligation to attend... Um, a job centre on right. a regular basis and prove that they're actively looking for work. Um, if you're still working or you might still run your small business and you have a certain income, mm-hmm. um, that might not be the case. Um, you can still, in my understanding, be registered with a job service provider um, and get all the help that you you need and that you want um, from them. It, all it means is that you don't have to attend the regular appointments if you don't want to. <laughs> okay, I hear you. But um, you can also be doing study instead of actual job seeking, is that correct? Absolutely, yes. Right. Um, if you are engaged in full-time studies, it often um, suspends you from job seeking during that time. Aha, uh-huh. okay. Oh, well, that's that's good. And that's where that's where Hornsby uh, Queen yes. New College comes in. Yes, that's right. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. So um, I love the fact that there's flexible job delivery, uh, sorry, flexible training mm. there. And obviously being a bespoke course, you fit in with other people's schedules. But there is, of course, certain times when they need to attend class. This isn't an online course. So no. it's a good idea to find out maybe what the commitment is right yes. from the outset. And look, in um, our individual support class at the moment, which does have a 100% job outcome, um, it is so successful at the moment that we are running courses during the day, but we're also running courses in the evening for people who are already employed, Mm -hmm. um, but might still, maybe that an employer says, um, you'll get a permanent contract with us if you do now hold the certificate three or four in individual support. Um, And then those people can, can join class in the evening. Okay. And like you said, the bespoke, the, the choice of being That's able right. to work out what, what fits in what with your works. schedule. Exactly. So talk me through the uh, connections that you have with the local community, in particular with industry. So what I find fascinating in our local community as an example is that we have, I don't know, it seems, we seem to have every, we've got retail, we've got the industrial side, we've got the tradies, we've got, um, uh, we've got wholesale manufacturing. So we almost have 
we tick all the boxes here in our mm. area of Hornsby. Uh, is that one of your remits as a community college with 100 years of experience, that you go out and you try and make those connections with local industry? Yes, and we are trying to do that more and more. Um, as I mentioned before, the um, individual support courses, um, they have, um, it's actually part of this course to do work experience placement, and this very often turns into paid employment. We are trying to do the same with all the other courses mm-hmm. um, that we have on offer. We're not fully there that we can guarantee that to all of our students. We would like to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I think it works both ways. I mean, it our students do get the experience and I think for an employer it is also a wonderful opportunity to um, get the expertise of now a qualified um, worker um, who, who they they can test them before offering a, a position and at the end of the day it is free recruitment that we can offer. Yeah, so that's what I was <laughs> going to ask actually because um, I know that myself as a bookkeeper with Boyd Office mm. Management Services, proud of Boyd Office <laughs> sorry I have to say that every time, um, I have thought about bringing on a trainee mm-hmm. or um, a, what's the word, an intern, Yes, but have absolutely been smacked over the knuckles by my professional association at even the thought of doing that uh, because there's all this fear around having to pay the minimum wage and super mm. and all the regulations around payroll, which as bookkeepers we're ridiculously um, known for. But in the case of going through a community mm. college, you are offering the student their work experience as part of the course and the employer then gets the benefit of having someone that they're both training and benefiting from? Is that is that sort of that like... That is in some of the courses the case, that it is actually part of the course. Mm-hmm. Um, in our business courses, it is not compulsory to do work experience in order to get qualified. We would love to be able to offer every student, once they have completed the certificate, um, the connection, obviously, to somebody mm-hmm. um, where they can then obtain... Um, actual work experience that they can add to their resume Mm -hmm. um, or potentially that might turn into paid employment. Right. And so what sort of businesses are you looking for in that case? Um, Is it particular industries or particular businesses that are at a certain um, section of their development or growth? Really any type. Um, A lot of our students do want to go into admin positions, um, accounting positions. um, Well, there are certainly a lot of accountants and financial people in this area. Yes. Um, Retail, those are probably um, some of the main three areas that um, our students are looking to get into. Yeah. So if you're a business out there and you're listening to this and you're thinking, look, I'd love to make a connection with the, the Kuringai, Hornsby Kuringai Community College and find out about how we can have a mutually beneficial relationship. That's right. Uh, <laughs> and, and look at, 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 at and accessing those students at a, at a point where they're really wanting to learn. Mm. Um, they just need to get in touch with the office. Absolutely, yes. Awesome, awesome. Mm. Look, we're going to take another quick break here at uh, Triple H 100.1 FM. We'll be back. After a few moments, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, mental health and the importance of continuing practising education with relation to your mental health. You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM. And welcome back in Triple H 100.1 FM. You are live in the studio here with Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. It's the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. And today we are doing education on steroids. We're talking all about local opportunities for businesses to not only educate themselves, but perhaps their employees and maybe access those who are willing to uh, assist you 
by working in your business uh, as they're coming out of uh, a, a fantastic courses, course. Yes. Exactly. We've got Inga Rosenberg here from Hornsby Karingai Community College filling us in on all the courses, the opportunities, the funding, which is a word we love to hear in small business, <laughs> and uh, the, the support services that you guys offer for both businesses and, uh, and students. Um, I want to talk about why it's important to continuing to continue education process not from a business perspective but actually from a mental health perspective can you ex- share with me your experience with being involved in the college and and just seeing the difference of what happens to people when they start studying mm. um one in five Australians um, each year are diagnosed with mental health problems um, and that's really across the line and a lot of our students do as well um, again for various reasons um, I think as a small business owner um, that can be um, a very common problem as well mm. this, you know probably at all stages of your small business um, I think especially in that implementation stage you have a great idea and you're probably on a high setting it up and then you sort of hit a stage where it doesn't go any further um, often people are have a home office um, it might be an internet-based um, service that's being offered so there is um, isolation there's nobody else there a lack of support for people and I think that's when mental health often comes in um, a lot of people are usually um, aware that there might not be an income for a certain amount of time but obviously as a small business owner um, income can fluctuate immensely um, and that's a lot of responsibility especially if you might, might have family um, relying on you um, or other staff members um, so it can be very easy to forget yourself and not to look after yourself and your mental health um, and physical health as well, I think, at the same time. Um, it is so important. I think there's been research done on companies who do actually promote mental health in their business and it's um, it's shown that um, those companies often have a product... Uh, I think staff members are often more productive at over 20%. Um, if they're looking after their mental health. And I think just doing something that you like to do and being out with other people, talking. Um, as a community college, we're not only offering um, accredited courses, we're also offering a large variety of leisure courses. <laughs> um, Your art courses, for and, example, they yes. are excellent. And they're, yes. and they're really wonderfully attended by a whole range of people. Absolutely. Just trying to do something a little bit different. Yes, so there's art courses... Um, Health and fitness courses like yoga and meditation, um, language courses, um, really what, whatever anyone likes to do. And if somebody enters the Tech Savvy Small Business Program, they're actually entitled to one... <gasps> that's oh, right. that sounds exciting. They're entitled to um, one non-accredited course, which oh. the leisure courses are. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Under funding, it does have to have a vocational intent. Now, mental health is a big problem. It can have a vocational intent. Um, language courses, if you are working with people from other countries. Mm, that which we can, all are in that's today's right, world. Yeah. That's right. Learning French, Italian, whatever other language. Absolutely. So we can do that as a one-off and could, can put actually one of these courses under funding. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes. <laughs> and those courses, do they tend to be operating uh, at the end of the day, sort of um, more on the evening times, or they sort of, again, spread out throughout the whole spread timetable? Out. So they're stay classes, evening classes, weekend classes. Um, and 
and you've got both the Cornsby campus and you also, a lot of people don't realise that there's also the St Ives campus as well. That's right. Um, so we have a campus in St Ives, but we're also hiring rooms all over the Hornsby and Coringa Council, so at different schools or um, community halls. Yes. So a constant use of the community. You're really, you've really got a lot of involvement in, at, at all levels in the community as well. That's right, yes. And, yeah, I really I can't stress enough for people to, to look after themselves, um, while, especially while looking for work and mm. in that process of setting up your own business. I think um, as soon as we hit a point where it gets tough, we feel that we have to put more work in and more work in and then you lose sleep and it just it doesn't go any further if you're at that point. I think sometimes stepping back a little bit, being surrounded by other people, doing something completely else, it can just put a completely new perspective on something. I remember a few years ago, um, I was working on a project and I had a volunteer um, who was um, a professional from overseas and she said to me, she said to me when she first came as an accountant to Australia she was desperately looking for a job and she was financially at a point where she had to find a job within the next two weeks and she was getting desperate and friends came by and said come to the beach with us come to the beach with, with us and she said no no I can't I have to apply for a job I have to find a job um, they eventually persuaded her to come to the beach with them and she started talking to other people and she met another accountant <laughs> and she got the job at the beach. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I'm not saying that everyone should hang out at the beach all day, yeah. <laughs> but I just think stepping back sometimes and just doing something else, it can just put a new perspective on things. Indeed. Well, that's a fantastic way to wrap up the show today. Thank you very much for sharing with us uh, both the courses, the funding, the opportunities, and also um, the more uh, recreational courses that are available at Hornsby Kurunkai mm. Community College. I know from my perspective, members of my family have looked into the art course now. How do people find out about Because there's a myriad of opportunities. What's the best way for people to find out about more? Well, the easiest way is probably to go online to our website, mm -hmm. um, hkcc.nsw. Which I will say is an excellent website, very easy to navigate. Yes. <laughs> um, we are also on Facebook and Twitter now. Um, and we do have our course guides um, that are at various um, train stations, the libraries. Um, that's where you can and the Hornsby Kuringai Community College is actually on Wait. Uh, what's that road called? Hunter Street. Hunter Street, that's right. <laughs> and outside the front of that, you can pick up one of the course yes, guides. Yes, that's as well. right. Or you can absolutely. drop in and have a chat. Yes, absolutely. Fantastic. <laughs> well, thank you very much for being part of our community for over 100 years <laughs> and um, and for, for explaining to us what it is that uh, small business can do to keep educated and tap into that resource, which we're so lucky to have in our local community. Thanks for joining us today, Inga. Fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Now, if you've missed any of today's show, you can, of course, catch up on iTunes. Small Biz Matters is now available on your phone. All you've got to do is go to your podcast app, search for Small Biz Matters and subscribe. Also, over 120 podcasts are available on our website, smallbizmatters.com.au and don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter, you can find out about the event calendar, which has over 40 small business events every month. So if you're looking to do some networking or education, as today's topic has been, then make sure you get uh, into that subscription and you can find out more. You've been listening to Small Biz Matters, the show where you work on your business rather than in it. My name's Alexi Boyd. We'll see you all next week.